Ecclesiastes 3.1. This is the first Sunday of 2021, a new year. Uh, the, the message I'm going to be bringing today is called A New Not-So-Normal. We've been hearing the phrase through much of 2020. We heard the phrase, there's going to be a new normal. We're going to, this is our new normal. And catchphrases are really catchy, but they don't always have the meaning that people think they do, and they're not always well-defined. And as we look at a new year, we're just three days into it, uh, a lot has changed, and we look at it as new. And the word new is a powerful word. It's an exciting word. It's an intimidating word many times. It's a challenging word. I remember growing up, uh, there was always an anticipation of New Year's Eve. Of the, we used to have what were called watch night services on New Year's Eve. I grew up in churches where there was always a, a meeting on New Year's Eve. And depending on the church you were in, there was a, uh, they'd have people preaching. Uh, I remember it would be the night for preacher boys. And they'd be given 15 minutes. And they'd have as many preacher boys up there as possible. And there's always food because there's a good, good Baptist church. And there, were always, there was always good food for fellowship. Sometimes they had a movie. And uh, I remember many times the movie Sheffy. We would watch the movie Sheffy. And, uh, uh, I'm not laughing by myself. The tech team is laughing at that as well. Um, I remember one, one New Year's Eve, here, it was here at New Life, way back in the day when my father was the pastor. One New Year's Eve, he showed these videos. They were, they were uh, uh, was it eight millimeter, something like that? And they were of him in the middle of a typhoon on a naval ship, and it, I got seasick watching those, it was crazy. But New Year's Eve was always anticipated, and the new year was always anticipated. I remember <laughs> probably the most anticipated new year that I went through as a kid was 1976, the New Year's Eve of 1975 into 1976, <laughs> because that was the bicentennial, and we were, it was gonna be a a year-long celebration of, of America's 200th year. And uh, it was actually the year we moved up to Massachusetts. Um, but I don't think there's ever been a more, in our lifetime, a more anticipated, uh, longed for, desired, or hoped for new year as this one. 2020 is now a memory. For some, it's a difficult memory. Some a hurtful memory, a painful memory, some even an angry memory, but it's a memory nonetheless. And not just because of the pandemic, but of everything we went through as a nation and as a human society. Uh, the riots and the demonstrations and the violence, just so much went on. And 2020, I... I I just know people were um, anticipating a new year. And now we're on to something new. We don't know what 2020 is going to look like. We don't know how 2020, we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. We do know that 2020 has changed things in our lives, but we don't know what's changed permanently. But we do know that no matter what, 
Because of 2020, we are in new territory. But what has really changed for you? And I'm speaking as a Christian. Because of 2020, what has really changed for you? And let me be honest. Let me give this disclaimer as I, as I do occasionally on a sermon that I know is going to be a little more pointed. Uh, this sermon is going to be pointed. It's going to be straightforward. Some might even say harsh. Uh, but it's what God has been working on my heart for a while about for this Sunday. If you have come through these past 10 months as a Christian and nothing has changed for you, if you have come through these past 10 months as a Christian and nothing has changed in your walk with Jesus Christ, I believe you have to ask yourself this question, why? Why? Why has nothing changed for you? Why have you not grown? Why have you not found a better place with Jesus Christ? To say that 2020 was a year of traumatic events would be to minimize the definition of trauma. 2020 was a brutal year in many ways. No more so than in the life of the church. And when we talk about the life of the church, we have to talk about the life of individual Christians within the church. <laughs> and 2020 was a year that challenged our faith, that challenged our practice, that challenged our very existence. And if it hasn't changed you, and if it hasn't changed your walk with Jesus, I think you have to ask yourself a question, and that question would be, why? In our life, sometimes new is a choice. Sometimes new is optional. Sometimes new is survival. As we move into 2021, if our faith, our church, our personal influence for the kingdom of God is going to be evident and effective, new must be part of the equation. See, because I believe for 2021 and the church, new is survival. I believe that 2021 for the church, new is survival. I believe that for many churches and for many Christians, if we had another 2021 like we did 2020, it would be devastating. What do I mean by that? Well, fully three, four, fully 34% or one-third of all Christians who were in church a year ago today are no longer in church. 2020 was a devastating year. Many churches today no longer exist because of the events of 2020. If we're going to do something for the kingdom of God. If 2021 is going to be a profitable, beneficial year, if we're going to learn the lessons of 2020 and put them into effect and be better because of it, if new is really going to be something purposeful for us and it's going to matter, then we must see things in a new way. There must be new elements that come to bear in our lives and in the way we minister. We must understand what's at stake 
We must understand what the risks are of keeping the status quo. I believe it's vital that we realize that nothing will ever be the same again. It can't be the same. <laughs> One of my favorite Hillsong songs of all time is the song, I Will Never Be the Same Again. Darlene Check uh, was the lead singer of Hillsong back then. It's from back in the 90s. I will never be the same again. I will never return. I've closed the door. Every time I hear that song, every time I listen to it, it speaks to my heart and reminds me of the change that God brought in my life and the change that he wants to continue to bring to my heart and my life and my walk with him every day of my existence. Today, he doesn't want me to be the same as yesterday. Tomorrow, he doesn't want me to be the same as today. He doesn't ever want me to be the same again. And if we're going to be different, if we're going to move forward, and if 2021 is going to be a year of great victory and success, not just as the church global, but I'm talking about as New Life Church and break New Life Church down into individual members of the individual members of New Life Church, the members of the body, if it's going to be a year of great progress and success, then things have to change. There has to be new. Our church is not exempt from losing people. We have people that have become very comfortable. I told you this is going to be a pointed lesson, pointed message this morning. We have people that have become very comfortable sitting on their couch and drinking their coffee and watching church. That's a dangerous place to be because the next step is not being, in, not being a part of church at all. This cannot be our new normal. In fact, this must be the new not so normal. That we are just, the reason we're not live is because we had uh, some cases of COVID and we believe it's best to, uh, to shut down for a few weeks so everybody can go through the protocols that they need to and then come back. But make no mistake, this cannot be our normal. This must be the not so normal. We must learn those lessons of 2020 and move on and be better. We've got to understand and accept that God is doing something new. That he has allowed us to come to this point in time as we are where we are because he has a plan. 2020 may have snuck up on you. It may have snuck up on us. It may have surprised us. It may have, uh, it may have caught us off guard. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just the way it was. 2020, nobody expected this. But understand it didn't surprise God because God knew what was going to go on. God knew what was going to happen. And God has a plan. You are at this point in 2021 for a purpose. God has brought you to this point for a purpose because God has a plan. There is a time for everything in God's kingdom. Ecclesiastes 3.1, our text verse says, there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your family. He has a plan 
for our church. We have seen many new people come to our church this year because their churches no longer were open for whatever reasons. God has brought you here for a reason. One thing that I know about church membership and church attendance is that as long as people tell, as long as people refer to it as your church, they're still an outsider. But once they start referencing new life as my church, now they've taken ownership. And I would challenge those of you who are new new lifers to take ownership of new life in this new season of our ministry. His plan is going to go forward whether you like it or not. That's one thing that we have to understand as Christians. We are not in control of God's time clock, of God's time frame. We are not in control of God's plan. God's plan is going to go forward whether we like it or not, whether we want it to or not. God's plan is going to go forward. The question is, are you going to go forward with God's plan? And God's plan is going to come, go forward no matter what. But make no mistake, everything has changed. Everything has changed. I remember just a year ago, we, we would uh, make a big deal. I remember when I would do the invitations, for those of you who would watch my, uh, my Saturday invitations, whether it was me or whether it was me and Aaron, me, Aaron, and the boys, or somebody else from the church, we would always talk about, listen, you can just roll out of bed and you can bring your coffee, you can bring your breakfast if you want. Uh, if you don't have coffee, we've got coffee for you. If you don't have donuts, we'll have donuts or some kind of snack for you. Remember those days? Well, those days aren't here anymore. And we thought, those, we thought those were so important. I'm not minimizing that because it was. it was. It was incredibly important to the atmosphere we were trying to build. But we realized that there are some things that are just incredibly important. We thought it was incredibly important for, to have a lot of things. Our outreach ministry, we built entire ministries around bridge events. And we haven't been able to have a bridge event for almost a year now. Everything has changed. Someday we may get back to some of those things. But we have to understand that we cannot wait for the future because the future is now. The new is now. Never before in my lifetime has Isaiah 43, 19 been so appropriate where God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What we believe to be and what we see as tragedy, what we see as the destruction of our plans is exactly that, the destruction of our plans. But what it truly is for God is God doing a new thing. God making a pathway in the wilderness. Streams in the desert. There is a new not so normal. The question isn't, have things changed? The question is, have I changed with God's plan? And the question isn't, will God be God has a plan for you. 
New life for God has a plan for you here in this church. Maybe you have become very comfortable sitting at home. And maybe that has become your new normal. And quite honestly, maybe that's where your comfort is. And that's where you expect to be from here on out. And I would say to you, that's very tragic. Maybe your decision has been to walk away from church and to exclude yourself from church. And your pride is keeping you from making the move you know you need to make. And I would say how sad for you that is because God has a plan for you and wants to do something in your life, something new, something fresh, something powerful. But you have to be on board with it. What is it that God has in his plan that is new for you? This morning I want to look at three areas that I believe God wants things and life and ministry the way we used to because everything has changed. Entertainment value of a Sunday morning service is no longer truly important. What is it that God has for you? What has to be new? I think the first thing that God is asking from us, and the first thing I want to bring to you is this. God wants a new pattern of living. He wants a new pattern of living. Daily growth and change is part of God's plan. It has always been part of God's plan. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. <laughs> the Bible talks about new all the time. The talk, Bible talks about growth all the time. Many times we as Christians interpret growth as I have to go to a new church to grow. When we don't realize and don't understand that what needs to change is us, not our location. New has always been a part of God's plan. Change has always been a part of God's plan. Daily growth and change is always part of God's plan. We just have to get on board with it. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are re being renewed day by day. Day by day we're being renewed. Day by day, day things are changing. Day by day we are becoming new people. Are you growing daily? The question I asked at the beginning... Have you, have you changed this year? Has your walk with the Lord become stronger? Have you become a stronger, more devoted Christian or not over this past year? Listen, sometimes we choose to change. Other times the choice is made for us. And then there are times like now when both are true. Change is being made for us. But we have to choose to change. The year we just experienced and the one that we now face fall into that category. Many changes have been made for us. Now we have to decide if we will meet the challenges of what everybody's calling the new normal. In our church, are we going to be willing to change in our lives, in our walk with the Lord, our personal devotion to Jesus Christ? Are we going to be willing to make the changes necessary? Or have we fallen into a pattern of spiritual laziness that dooms our walk with Jesus Christ? 
How do we meet the challenge of the new not-so-normal? How do we as individuals, how do you as an individual follower of Jesus meet the challenge of this new not-so-normal? I think the, the, the verse that came to my mind that the Holy Spirit just placed on my heart when, I, when this point was brought out was this, Psalm 51.10. And if you know anything about the Bible, <laughs> Psalm 51 is David's psalm of repentance, his prayer of repentance to God after his sin with Bathsheba. David wrote this psalm, and it was him pouring out his heart in repentance to God. And in Psalm 51.10, he says, God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He goes on to say, don't cast me away from your presence, but hold me. With your, give me a new passion because I have become complacent in my walk with Jesus Christ. I've become a little bit too comfortable with the way things have become, and I like it a little bit too much. Listen, I believe that uh, I'm very thankful that we have this technology. I truly am. Very, very thankful that we have this technology. But if this is going to be the new normal, then we're missing the point of being in church. We're missing the point of being a part of church. We're missing the point of what Jesus said when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you believe that you can still be a powerful, uh, active servant of God and sit on your couch and watch church for the rest of your life, then you're absolutely wrong and you don't understand what church is all about. David says, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what God with my whole heart. Because I believe it's true. You are the change that you've been waiting for. You are the change that you've been waiting for. Many times somebody will say, hey man, read this book. It'll change your life. Watch this movie. It'll change your life. Change your diet, it'll change your life. Listen, you are the change you've been waiting for as far as walking with Jesus Christ goes. Because until and unless you surrender yourself to his ministry and his spirit and his leading, none of it is going to matter. You are the change that you've been waiting for. I think over this year, we have been forced to sit. We've been forced to take a break. And over the last two weeks here at New Life, we've been forced to stop and take a break. But I ask you, are you catching your breath or are you quitting? Over this last year, have you spent time catching your breath or are you quitting? Are you embracing this new normal or are you seeing it as a new not so normal that has to fade away? Listen, if you're going to move forward, if you're going to have a new pattern of living, you must have a plan for change and growth. <laughs> a personal plan. You cannot just rely on your church. You must have a personal plan in your life, spiritual plan, not, a, not an Oprah's book club plan. A personal plan of change and growth for your life based on the Bible. You need to enter the, the, this year with a strategic plan for victory. Your enemy has one. 
your enemy. Satan has a plan for your defeat. He has a plan for victory in your life. And that victory, his victory in your life means your spiritual defeat. He has a plan for your defeat. And if you don't have a spiritual plan, a strategic plan for spiritual victory in your life, then you're not going to win the battle. Chosen to Gucci in, in uh, Cobra Kai, season three, said this, if your enemy insists on war, take, a, take away his ability to wage it. If your enemy insists on war, take away his ability to wage it. Let me tell you, I'm telling you flat out, Satan insists on war with you. He's not going to take a day off. He's not going to stop the fight. He's not going to leave you alone. He's going to continue to attack you. He insists on war with you. Right now, I don't understand why, but somebody continues to call the East Long Meadow Board of Health and say that we are continuing to have live services even though we've had some positive tests in our church. Make no mistake, I am here in the auditorium. Our, our tech leader, Jonathan, is back running the, the tech show. And there's nobody else here. It's just me on stage. I am live, but there's nobody here. And we will not have live. We didn't have live services last Sunday. We won't have live services next Sunday. We'll be back on the 17th live. But somebody continues to call because someone wants to see our church fail. I don't know whether it's anger, hatred, whatever. Somebody wants to see our church fail. Back for victory, then we're selling ourselves short. And we're setting ourselves up for that defeat. Failing to plan is planning to fail. You've heard that phrase before. Let me ask you a question. We are now three days into 2021. Have you even picked up your Bible yet? Seriously, have you even picked up your Bible and read yet? Have you prayed over your year yet? Have you sat down and said, God, that nightmare is over. And I want 2021 to be different for me and my family in our home, in my marriage, in our relationships, and in my church. And I want my walk with Jesus Christ to be better this year than it was last year. Lead me in your path. Have you even prayed over your year? Have you set any kind of spiritual goals yet for 2021? Do you have a spiritual plan of attack, or are you, or are you just going to let this year hit you like it did last year, like last year did? And let's be honest, folks. Last year was an amazing surprise. 2020, nobody planned on 2020 being such. Do you remember, remember Jonathan, way back when, when it was two weeks to stop the spread? Remember, remember that? Two weeks to stop the spread. We are now, at, we're now 10 months into that. What we thought would work didn't work. And what we've, what we've done to plug the holes in ministry and church is not going to last long if we don't make the, the preparation and have the plans in place and make the changes in our lives, our own personal walk with the Lord. If we don't make those changes, we're not going to survive. 
John F. Walverd said, wherever the Bible has been consistently applied, it has dramatically changed the civilization and culture of those who have accepted its teaching. No other book has ever so dramatically changed the individual lives and society in general. Make no mistake, Christian, whether you are a strong follower of Jesus Christ right now, whether you're somebody who is walking with the Lord and man, you're just, you're hitting 2021, you're hitting the ground running and you're after it. Or you're a Midland Christian who is kind of teetering on the fence or you are someone who, let's be honest, you've kind of faded away into the sunset this year. No matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, Nothing will change your life and your relationship with Jesus like the Bible. Nothing you can do will make the change and, and, and invigorate and reignite your life and your walk with Jesus like the Bible will. You can do whatever you want, but the Bible is what's going to make the change. You need a basic battle plan. In Luke 14, 28, Jesus said, For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to compete it, complete it? What Jesus is saying is, listen, if you're going to start on this journey, you need to have a map. You need to have a plan in place. Well, let me give you a basic battle plan. This isn't any deep theological talk. This is basic Christianity. You need to have a consistent plan for reading the Bible. Listen, whether it's a one-year plan to read the Bible through in a year. I know my father reads the Bible through every year. He's got a plan. If you, if you go to his desk, you can see it starts off the first three days are in Genesis, and then it goes to Job, and it, it uh, follows as closely as possible the chronological order of the events of the Bible. Man, whether you're reading the Bible through in a year, whether you want to read the New Testament through in the year, whether you want to read the Old Testament through, whether you want your, your plan for this year is to read all of Paul's letters through, whether your plan is to read the Gospels through, whatever it is that you choose, follow through on it, but make a choice. You've got to have a Bible reading plan in place. It is not optional for your spiritual growth. This isn't like ordering a new car where you can choose the leather or the cloth. It is not optional. You must make a choice. And that choice has to be for reading your Bible. You must have a consistent plan for prayer. Now, you may be a purpose. I've had a list of people's names and I've cried out, I've called out their names and family members' names that are taking care of them. Maybe you're a list person and that will help you. I am a, a prayer walk and much more so a prayer drive person where I go on a prayer drive and I'll just go and I'll drive for 45 minutes or an hour and I'll just commune with God in prayer. Whatever it is, you need to have a plan of prayer in place. You need to have a time of prayer in place. Maybe you need a place of prayer in place, a place in your house where you go to, and that is where you pray. And I believe that thirdly, going hand in hand, and none of these have priority, Bible reading, prayer, and this third one are all, uh, I believe they're all as important as the other. You must have a consistent personal plan 
for discipleship and growth. One of the things I'm excited most about as this year unfolds is Pastor Osvaldo Mora and his wife Flavia and how they're going to be getting involved in the family life uh, side of the church and uh, the, the young families, young married couples and things like that. And getting those people connected this past year are, are, uh, are one of our biggest areas of growth. One of the most successful ministries we incorporated that has grown and been successful is our men's ministry. And we have so many men connected. Our ladies' Bible study and ladies' ministry is connected. And we're seeing so much of that go on. And even though we have a good number of our people in the church connected in these, there are still so many more that are not connected. You've got to have a personal plan for discipleship and growth. A personal plan. Not, hey, my church has this or my church has that. You've got to have a personal plan that you commit to in your life for discipleship and your own personal growth. Join a Bible study. There is no excuse in this church for not being in a Bible study. We offer several of them. And even if you can't join my Bible study on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, it's still recorded, and you can watch it at your leisure throughout the week. You need to be part of a Bible study. And my friends, we were never meant to walk this road of life as a Christian alone. And you need to find a spiritual mentor. I'm not talking about somebody to sit down and have a coffee and, and give off your woes to. I'm talking about somebody that you sit down and who challenges you spiritually. Someone who, who reaches into your heart and, reach, and, and you reach out to them and they reach back and there's a connection with the spirit and they challenge you on a spiritual level. Your expectations determine your outcome. What you expect in your walk with the Lord will determine the outcome of that walk. The second area I think that needs to be new is this. We need a new relationship. And that piggybacks on what we just talked about. You need a new relationship. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, Daniel said, may the, name of the God, may the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who, who have understanding. Notice that Daniel didn't write, this is possible, or this is something that God thinks about doing. He said, this is what God does. He changes the times and the seasons. God is in control. God has a plan. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He will grow you in your faith if you choose to. John Maxwell put it this way. He said, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Change in life is inevitable. Change in your walk. With, listen, if we think we're going to go back to the way things were, I mean, in February of 2020... If we think we're going to go back to that kind of normal, we're crazy. Because some things have changed forever. Some things will never be the same. Businesses have found that, uh, that people can work from home and still be as effective and productive as they were, and they'd be happier. 
People have found whole new industries. People have found new ways to make a living. Things, some things have changed forever. And God's plan is continuing to evolve. God's plan is continuing to go forward. And we've got to understand that God is in control and he's making changes. And we have to be on board with them. I believe there are things that we can no longer afford to take for granted. The first one that we can <laughs> not afford to take for granted is time. Romans 13, 11 says, Besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. Because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. John 9, 4 says, We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, folks, God and churches approached ministry is that we had all the time in the world and we had all the time to cultivate these things and, and it's all about entertainment. If we can get people in the, with the entertainment, I mean, you see some churches right now and it's like they have, it's like the Rose Parade out there. They've got people standing out interviewing, people walking in and they're checking in on the service and this and that and it's, it's become just amazing so far from what the Bible says church is supposed to be. We took time for granted. We can no longer do that. Because our time is short. If we are to read the signs in the sky, in nature, in the actions of humanity, we know that our time is short. That means our time for committing ourselves to the kingdom of God for service is short. That means our time for growth is short. Most importantly, I believe that means our time to reach people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ is short. And Christian, if you don't take that seriously, then you're missing the point. We can no longer take time for granted. We've got to be busy. Second thing I think we can no longer take for granted is purpose. Jeremiah 8.20 says, harvest is past, summer is ended, but we have not been saved. Mark 8.36 says, For what does it profit someone to gain the whole world and let yet lose their life? Listen, we have spent so much time on politics, so much time on social issues, and please don't get me wrong, those things are important, I get it, but they're important in the framework of the church and the ministry of Jesus Christ. You can give people all the freedom in the world they want, but if they don't know Jesus Christ, church cannot be a place of politics. That cannot be our purpose. It cannot be an agent of social change alone. The only way we bring about change in society is by bringing about change in someone's heart. By bringing them to the place of Jesus Christ and coming to know Jesus Christ. And we ourselves growing in our faith. And quite honestly, this year, many of us have grown lazy. And it's become much easier for us to sit at home and watch church and see from a distance and join a talk on Facebook and not really do what we've called, been called to do. And as we come out of this pandemic and we start reopening society, we start reopening our church and our ministries, where are you going to be? What is the purpose that you're going to make for yourself? What is the purpose God has called you to? And how do you fit in the plan and purpose of New Life Church? 
Potential is now. We've got to bring our potential together. We've got to come together and serve, and we've got to put our efforts and our abilities into play and into practice, because now is the time to make it a reality. Ephesians 4, and 24 say, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the old, put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. Listen, some of you have been waiting for the right time to get right with God. Some of you have been waiting for the right time to get over your pride, get over your hurt, get over your pain, get over the trauma of your life, and then get back into church. Man, the time is now. The time is now. What, what are you waiting for? Seriously, what are you waiting for? If we have not learned from the last 10 months that life will never be the same again, and that it is time for us to get serious about serving God, then I don't know what it's going to take. And the third thing I think that needs to be new is this. We need a new place. We need to be a new place. Listen, this can either be the same old new life church where you're comfortable, or it can be brand new for you. Now we have a lot of new people that have come into our doors. And I'm, my hope and my prayer is that you understand that we love you and we accept you and that there is a place of service and ministry for you here at New Life Church and that this becomes your church. For you, this new place is, is, uh, is a very easy step to, to make. But for those of us who have been New Lifers for a while, how do you see this church in 2021? Is it a new place for you? Most of what is, most of, of, of how this church is viewed in our lives is determined by how we see the church. Is new life made in your image or is it filled with new possibilities, filled with potential for growth and change and new opportunities? Have you designed new life in your own image? and made it exactly what you want it to be in your life? Or is it a place where you feel like you are allowed and open to be able to explore life with Jesus and to grow and expand your walk with him? Do you tolerate being here or do you tolerate the people? Contentment must come from within. You and I cannot change or control the world around us, but we can change and control the world within us. You can't change what's going on out there. We cannot control what's going on in the world. We can't control God's plan. We can't control God's prophetic timeline. But we can control the way we respond to it, the way we react to it, and the way we allow ourselves to grow through it and what we become because of it. And we can change the way we view the church that God has called us to serve. And listen, if you're a new lifer, whether you're a new, new lifer or an old new lifer, you're here. God has brought you here for a purpose. He has a plan. This is your home. Make it your home. Get involved. Don't tiptoe around. Jump in, man. Get involved. 
Find some place and some way to minister. Bug me to no end. Pastor John, can I do this? Pastor John, can we look at this? Pastor John, can we? Man, listen, that's what I'm all about. I'm not a micromanager. I'm not a person that has to be in charge of everything. If you've got an idea and a desire to minister and you think it'll work, bring it to me. Let's talk about it. I get excited about that kind of stuff. But do something. Church is meant to be a place where eternal things happen. You realize that? Church is meant to be a place where eternal things happen. This isn't a place to have bake sales for bake sales uh, for the purpose of having a bake sale. This isn't a place (laughs) to have an Easter egg hunt just to have something to do on Easter weekend. This is a place where eternal things happen and everything we do has the purpose of affecting the kingdom of God for all eternity. That's what we're about. Acts 17, 6. Man, I read this verse and I get chills. And I wonder what would it be like if people looked at us this way. Listen, quite honestly, I think some of this has taken place in our church because somebody doesn't want us meeting. Someone wants to get us in trouble. I'm just saying, and if you're the one that's making those phone calls and you're watching, call me, man. Let's have a conversation. But somebody, we're we're stirring somebody's hornet's nest. In Acts 17, 6, it says, When they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What? What would our ministry look like if people literally looked at our church and said, those people there, they're turning. Church is meant to be a place where eternal things happen. Not only that, but church is meant to be a place of worship, true worship, from your soul worship. Let this be the year that you truly learn to allow yourself to worship God, where you allow yourself to be free in the way you express yourself in worship. One of the things I love so much when I watch our worship team sing and worship is that you can see how they feel. You can see how the music, how the words affects them and how ministering and how serving in that capacity makes them feel. And as they sing, as they lift up their voices and offer praises to God, man, their hands go up in the air, their eyes close. They're transported to a different place. Sometimes they might even lose their place in the music. But it's because they're worshiping God and they're they're worshiping truly from their spirit. And you can hear it in their voice. You can see it in their faces. You can hear it in the way they play the instruments. And I wonder if that translates to you as a follower of Jesus. And do you truly worship God from a place of honesty, a place of passion? Where Jesus said, God wants us to be worshipers and he wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth or in honesty and with passion. That's what that means. God wants you to worship him honestly and passionately. Is that what church is for you? I prayed on my prayer drive. I said, Lord, last night, I said, Lord, 
we're, we're, we're pre Jonathan said he could play some, some pre-recorded worship and all that you could tell. I mean, it was, it's set up on the screen, pre-recorded worship. And, uh, and Jonathan put in the Facebook notes, he said, um, our first pre-recorded song because we wanted everybody to, everybody to know and we wanted to make sure everybody understood that the worship team wasn't here, that it was pre-recorded. But I said, God, we, we've, we've got to find a way to connect with this worship even though it's recorded. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit just revealed to me, hey, John, you know, for years now, you guys have, about eight years now, you guys have played videos of Christian artists in lieu of special music, and people have connected with that and worshiped. And when you're driving, in fact, when I'm, when I'm driving and on my prayer drives, I've got uh, a, a worship seat, I, I listen to worship music whether it's Michael W. Smith Live or, or a Hillsong Live or something, I listen to worship music. And it transports me in worship. And I realized that, and it, it, was, it should have been very obvious, but I realized that if I can worship to a CD or a, 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 an album that is 20 years old the same way today as I did 20 years ago, then we can worship as church, as, an individ, as individuals, we can worship to pre-recorded worship. And I wonder if that worship, whether you're here with us or whether you're watching it at home, is truly a time of worship for you, where your hands go up in the air, where you reach out to the computer or the TV or your phone screen because you just want to be closer to your brothers and sisters in Christ and closer to Jesus as you worship his name. Man, that's what worship is supposed to do for us. It's from your heart. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe for our presence of God. Does that fire of God consume your heart? Does your ministry, does your walk with him consume your life? Listen, I'm not saying we don't get tired. I'm, I'm worn out. I think many of us are. You know, one of the, one of the reasons we wanted to see 2020 go away because 2020 was a year that just wore us out. But when, I, when it comes time to worship God, I think many times when I'm at my lowest and weakest, that's when my worship is the strongest. Because I feel the presence of God consume me. The third thing I think we need to see church as in a new light is this. Church is a place where you get involved in ministry. Listen, I'm not going to say, as many pastors and many churches say, we need work. Use more people to, to fill out the band. You know, we could always, always use that. But God is doing a work in this church and God is ministering in this church and we are not waiting for people to volunteer just so we can get ministry going. Ministry is going on. So don't think that by volunteering or by getting involved that you are going to be the final piece of the puzzle to make this church work. That's not what we're talking about. And you getting involved in ministry is not what makes the church, is not what, uh, what completes the church. You getting involved in ministry is what completes you. Get that? You getting involved in ministry is not what completes the church. You getting involved in ministry is what completes you. 
You wonder why you can't connect. You wonder why you're not excited. You wonder why you don't feel like you're as much a part of the church as you should be. You wonder why you feel homeless right now if you're watching us and you're not going to a church. You wonder why you feel homeless. It's because you're not connected to a church. You're not connected in ministry. We can always use people. I can always plug people in and put people to work in church. <laughs> and there are so many new ways of ministry that have come up. So many new things. One of, one of, the, one of the new areas of ministry, it's, it's an old area, but it's a, a new amazing need, is just having people to talk to. Just having people that can sit down and give godly counsel. Having spiritual mentors, man, we... That's a big one. Discipleship. Connection. Church needs to be a place where you get involved in ministry. And that might be new for you. Not, and it's not ministry when it's convenient. It's consistent, faithful ministry. Because remember, ministry doesn't complete the church. Ministry completes you. Church is not an arena from which to watch the action. Why? Because Christianity isn't a spectator sport. Christianity is the one where you can get involved, where you can be a part. Church is the vehicle by which we perform our service to God. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. You have been gifted and talented by God. Listen, stop, stop, stop with the spiritual gifts tests, okay? Stop. You won't find a spiritual gifts test in the Bible. There's a more of a psychological thing than anything personality um, test. Get involved, man. Say you're willing and let God plug you in. Come and talk to me and say, I want to get involved and I'll plug you in somewhere. And as needs arise, we can, we can plug people in. It's not so much of what you're, what, what you're designed to do, it's what you're willing to do. And as you become more willing to serve, God will open up the door and show you where your strengths are and as you grow and mature in your faith, you will work your way into a place of ministry where you are perfectly designed to get involved. Stop waiting for the perfect opportunity to arise and just get involved. Listen, I know that 2020 was brewed from the VA telling me I had a positive test for COVID. And then the very next day I was cleared because I waited so long to have the test taken. So I know 2020 was a brutal year. And I know we've looked to 2021 as being something so much different. But it's only going to be a continuation of the old if we don't make it new. And it can't be this new normal. What is new has to be not so normal. We have to get to a place where we see what God is doing and we get involved and that becomes our new normal. I pray that 
as you look forward to this year, that you will seek God, ask him what it is that you need to do, what needs to change, and how you can be better connected to him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for so much for the privilege and the technology that we have, Lord, to be uh, virtual in church. And I thank you for the, uh, the amazing privilege of being able to share your word. God, I pray that the words that came out this morning will find good ground, good soil. Lord, may our desire be for you. May our desire be to change. May our desire be to be new. May all things be done to bring glory to your name. Bless those who are still battling with sickness. Give them health. Those of us who are battling with the after effects, bring us through it.